basically to help people, first of all, determine where they want to go as far as if they're starting a business or have already started it, but how to manage it on a budget, uh, particularly online businesses. Because um, I have several businesses and I operate all of them for under 100 a month. And so that's kind of my goal because uh, a, a lot of people think that starting a business is expensive and it can be, of course. Um, but I try to, I guess, point people in the direction of what options they can do primarily online because uh, that's usually what you have to do online in order for it to be affordable. But mm. the different things they can do and the different tools and resources they can use to be able to manage it for, on a budget. Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them from the larger than life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. From the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, to the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews and I have the pleasure today of being on the line with Sarah St. John. Sarah, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Awesome. So glad to have you here. And Sarah is joining us from uh, Dallas, Texas. And for those of you who have been following along with us, we are still stuck in Florida. Again, we use the term stuck loosely for this whole COVID crisis because we're on a little paradise stuff going out here. Um, but Sarah is a very cool entrepreneur. And I'm going to introduce you to her real quick before we get into the interview. Um, so Sarah St. John is a powerhouse entrepreneur, podcaster, host of the Frugal Pure podcast, which I believe I'll be joining her for in a little while. So you guys can check us out there. Um, owner of thesarahstjohn.com, author of Frugalpreneur and Authorpreneur, and founder of SightStream, PodSeam, Podcast Resource Directory, and FunzyOneZ.com. Um, animal lover, world traveler. You've created several startups throughout your entrepreneurial career, which has been more than a decade. Um, and through your books, blog, podcast, your goal is to help show people how to launch and manage online businesses on a budget. You help people um, with how to make money without going broke. So with that introduction, Sarah, why don't we start off with you telling us what it is that you're known for now, what your business is like, who you serve, what are your, your main problems that you help solve in this world? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, like you mentioned, I have several different businesses, but my main focus right now is on my podcast, Frugalpreneur, and uh, I have a book as well called Frugalpreneur, and
Awesome. So you focus on helping new entrepreneurs who want to get started at, in, the, in the entrepreneurial space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, primarily new people who are looking for, they're not sure what they want to do or how to do it on a budget. Yeah, so you're, you're helping people who are like maybe in the job space and they're looking to get into starting their own business, that kind of stuff. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. under $100 a month is, mm -hmm. uh, is an insanely low number for, <laughs> for those of you who are uh, um, in the know, right? Like I know just, um, you know, my, my business, we've just gotten to the point now we've got staff members, just our, uh, <laughs> our cost of labor is significantly higher than that. So, um, but, you know, we're a few, few, few years into this now. So anyways, you can sort of grow that as your business grows, I would assume. Right. So for me, I still do everything myself. And so that's how I'm able to keep it so low. But of course, as your business grows, um, then of course, adding on like virtual assistants and things like that would make sense. And I hope to be there mm, maybe by the end of the year. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, that's really awesome. We just, uh, um, I, I started hiring a little over a year ago. Um, and we have uh, one full time and two part time staff members now and we're looking at over the next month bringing the other part time members on full time. So we'll have four full time people myself and three, uh, three others, hopefully by end of wow. summer, which will be really cool. Um, wow. And that's a, it's uh, a fun place to be in your business. But yeah, it, it definitely um, is. It's a, it's an interesting transition if you're looking at doing starting that part yourself here shortly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my next question for, a, for you is your origin story. We talk on the show, every hero has an origin story. It's where you started to realize that you were different, that maybe you had superpowers or maybe you could use them to help other people. This is where you started to develop or discover the value that you can bring to this world. How did you get started as an entrepreneur? Well, I realized that I had kind of an entrepreneurial gene, if that exists, uh, from a young age, because when I was like five or 10, somewhere in there, I would just gather up stuff I got for free, like pencils, candy, just stuff I would accumulate. And then I would try selling them to my friends. And so that's just one example. But um, so I've kind of always had that entrepreneurial uh, itch, I guess. And, but I've always had like, you know, full-time office jobs. And there was one year in 2008 where I had six different jobs, not at one time, but over the course of that year, things just weren't working out. Like I'm one that usually holds down a job for a long time, but just these different ones I was getting it, they just weren't lasting. And so six different jobs that year, and I was getting really frustrated and I was like, I need to do something where I'm the business or I'm the boss, basically, uh, you know, I don't have to depend on someone else to keep me employed and whatnot. So I actually started a photography business. Uh, I did that for about seven years. We also added DJ services onto it. And the, the problem was, is that it was so expensive to maintain because to maintain camera equipment, lighting, all that stuff. And then the amount of time the editing took. And, oh yeah. <laughs> and I just, I realized I like taking pictures more of animals, landscapes, architecture, things like that, but not really people. But at least starting out, people is where you make where the money. Where the money's money. at. Right, weddings, mm -hmm. portraits, et cetera. Oh yeah, I read that you had started in photography as well. Yeah, I did, I did. So, Anyway, That's so why I, my camera is all fancy because I have a fancy <laughs> portrait photographer uh, camera attached for my, my podcast. 
but yeah, so I realized I wanted to switch to something online to keep expenses down. Uh, and also so I wouldn't have to, because I feel like in some ways, part of the advantage of having a business, at least an online one, is that you don't have to go anywhere for the most part. And so I was kind of tired of having to drive out like two hours to do a wedding and, you know, all that stuff. And so it was kind of a variety of things. And I eventually was like, okay, I'm going to start looking into online options. And so I started doing like, tried different things, drop shipping, affiliate marketing. Now I'm doing podcasting, there's blogging, you could do content creation, course creation. There's coaching, consulting, a plethora of things you can do. And so it was while I was researching that, that I was like, maybe it would help if I, maybe what I can do is help other people figure out what they want to do and how they can manage it on a budget, um, like what tools and resources to use. So that's, that's how that got started. That's really awesome. And it's, it's, your, your story is, is strangely um, very parallel to mine, right? Because I started off, I was like 13. I convinced my dad to give me a loan so I could buy all the big candy at the big box store. And I brought it to school and I was like selling it out of my backpack, like the, you know, huh. you know New Yorker with his, uh, his, uh, um, his, his coat sure, selling the fake Rolexes or whatever. But, you know, so I got my start doing the same kind of thing, selling candy to my friends at school. Um, and then I got into, uh, in college, I was running a portrait photography business, mm -hmm. portraits and weddings and school, school stuff. I was the school photographer um, all the way through my college career. And um, I, I discovered a number of things. The first one was that um, I didn't like doing photography for other people. Um, I don't mind taking pictures of people, namely like my children and my family. Um, but of other people, they're very particular and I didn't like that. They don't like my art style. You know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. That bothered me. I was like, this is the way I want to do it. If you don't like it, go, you know, suck eggs kind of thing. And, <laughs> um, and so I decided that photography was, um, was not a business I wanted to be in. I liked it better as a hobby. Um, it didn't change the expense problem because I still want to spend money on expensive camera gear and lights and stuff when you keep it as a hobby. <laughs> but um, anyways, I did the same kind of thing. Um, and it wasn't until after my college career and after that, that I got into the business I do now. Um, so it's interesting that we sort of have a, a similar parallel path there. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> I mean, the photography is one thing, but yeah, the selling candy to your friends, that's very specific. So that is interesting that we have kind of the same story there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was sell I sold candy to my friends. Um, that got shut down because they wouldn't let me have a business license. So I tell people I got a government shutdown when I was 13. Um, <laughs> and then uh, they they did this thing called the Renaissance Fair, um, like a like a, a mock Renaissance Fair on campus that we would set up in the the fall field and all the parents and whatnot. Um, and you got to pick your your booth that you did. And I always picked the. Uh, the, the boring booth, which was the water booth, because I could go to Costco and buy the water and then sell it and keep the profits. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I that's why I operated as a kid was always trying to find the ways that I could, uh, I could turn it into uh, into money. Um, mm. But yeah, I think it's, I think you're right. It's, it's some sort of a bug, like an itch, you can't help it. You're like, I, I want to be doing those things. One of my uh, yearbook friends said that I was, they put me down as most likely to be a millionaire. Um, mm. I haven't hit that yet. But <laughs> you can tell people thought that you know, entrepreneurial thing about me since I was, since I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, a. Anyways, I have a goal. It's very 
optimistic, maybe even unrealistic, to be a millionaire by the time I'm 40, which is only like three more years now. So I don't think that's going to... So I, I've pushed it back to 45. You can totally do, you can <laughs> totally do it. See, now mine was I wanted to be a... I wanted to um, be a millionaire by the time I was 30 and I just mm. hit 34 okay. um, and I'm not a millionaire. So I missed it. But over the course of that trajectory, I realized that I wasn't nearly as interested in the money as I was in the lifestyle. Mm. Um, and um, I, I found out um, early. So I, I mentioned we've been traveling for three years. Um, that the thing that I was really interested in was the full-time, the ability to travel full-time and to have complete control over my time. Um, and I've been doing that now for three years. So it took me, you know, I, was, I was 31, I think, when we started um, mm. traveling. So um, my goal really shifted. Um, and um, once it sort of came off of the money focus, um, it's interesting is I will probably, in the next two years or so, will probably hit that uh, seven-figure mark in the business, mm. even though it's not a focus anymore. Mm. Um, so... That's an interesting, uh, interesting sort of like transition that I've gone through. But mm -hmm. my point in there is, I don't think you're too optimistic. Just set your, uh, <laughs> set your things, build a plan for it. And if you miss the date, you miss the date. But mm -hmm. you know, if you land on the moon while you're shooting for the stars, you probably won't be too disappointed. Right. Yeah. And I definitely, <laughs> I would love to travel more and just the flexibility and the schedule. That's, that's more what I'm focused on as well than the actual money aspect, but it's, it's, I guess it's a nice yeah, yeah. Sound, sounding benchmark, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. You have to have, I, I tell people you should, uh, I call it contented ambition, right? You, you know, be happy where you are, but know where you're going, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, that gives you, uh, gives you the ability to, you know, sort of be content and really enjoy your life and know that you're going somewhere. Because if you're not going anywhere, you won't enjoy your life. It's hard mm -hmm. to be content if you're not striving yes. for something. So you have to have something to strive for. And uh, mm -hmm. that's a, it's a cool place to be. So my next question for you then is about your superpowers, right? And this is what you do or build or offer this world. It really helps solve problems for other people. The thing that you use to slay this world's villains. And the way that I've been framing this for my guests recently has been, if you look at all of the sort of like skills that you have that you've built up over the course of your life, you probably have one skill that's like the common thread between all, all of them. One that energizes the rest of your skills, so to speak, your zone of genius, or in our terms, your superpower. What do you think that is for you? If I had to pick one thing or the, the main thing that I've noticed is that the ability to, like someone might be talking to me about all these different ideas or, or maybe they don't even know that they have an idea, but they're just talking about something. And I'll be able to come up with like, for example, I'll be like, that sounds like a really good book idea. Have you thought about writing a book? Or have you thought about a podcast? Or have you thought about teaching courses or whatever? Um, I'm able to kind of pick out the, someone else's knowledge and um, expertise and kind of recommend uh, options to them as far as how to basically monetize their expertise. <laughs> Um, I'm actually helping my dad a little bit with that. Um, he's thinking about retiring soon, but he's been a teacher his whole life. And so he's asking me questions about online courses and education and things like that. Um, and then I have several friends who have some very interesting stories and I'm like, that seems like it could be a book or, you know, just different things like being able to kind of go through 
the muddy water. I don't know if that's the right expression, but um, you can be able... you can see the in, the invisible path to money, so to speak. Right, right? And, it, Whereas... it, and it's usually not even them. For the most part, it's not them asking me. It's more like they're we're just having a conversation, and money isn't or business. None of that is even being talked about. And I'm like, have you thought about blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I'm always finding a way to monetize stuff, I guess. <laughs> and so giving people ideas on what that, that those are options for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, um, it's an interesting, interesting thing because what, one of the things that entrepreneurs tend to be good at is seeing where the money is. Right. And since you're, you're in the space where you're coaching other people, right, you're helping people get their business started, you can, um, you can see the path, like, hey, here's where your skills are, here's where your expertise is, here's where your unique perspective comes in. And, you know, those are all the things that people will pay for. So you can help them sort of draw that connection. Um, and then, you know, actually get a business started on that around that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's something about it, like, I love being involved in that process like helping people start businesses, the idea of it, and then just formulating it and producing it. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating, fun to be a part of. Yeah, that's just, that is absolutely true. Um, I, I also love doing that. It's not what I do full time, but whenever I get the chance to sit down with someone who's like, hey, can I pick your brain about some business stuff? I'm like, yes, absolutely. Let's sit down and chat about it. Uh, because I, I love that too, right? I've always, I've always sort of imagined it like that. It's like that invisible line, right? No one else can see it, but I can, right? Mm -hmm. and, and your friends and your colleagues sort of start to realize that about their like, you, you see things that other people don't see. So I have these like ideas or these thoughts or these skills. How does that turn into like revenue? And when you can sort of help, you know, build that bridge for them, um, that's a, it's a really cool, you know, even at a bare minimum, it's a fun discussion to have, um, at least mm -hmm. for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah, and so if I'm understanding correctly, you've turned that skill into your business, right? That's what you do, is you help new entrepreneurs build, you know, travel that path, essentially. Right, uh-huh, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I've really cool. Yeah, I think over the course of the past decade, I've launched like 30 businesses myself, like for myself. Uh, I only have maybe a handful that I'm still doing, but... It's kind of like I try something, I'm like, eh, that's not really going to work. <laughs> and then I move on to the next thing. But yeah, five things are around there that I'm doing right now that seem to be working pretty well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting, too, because like I, I've done the same thing, started a bunch of businesses. Um, and like I was really, really clear cut about what I wanted the business to do for me. Um, and like I would get into something and realize like, nope, this isn't going to let me have the location freedom that I want. So I'd shut it down. Um, or this isn't going to let me, you know, have lunch with my kids. So I'd shut it down. Um, and I'm just curious if that was, you know, what were some of your, like, you know, or, you know, I've also run into the thing where like people aren't actually interested in this product or service the way I thought they would be. So you shut it down. What are some of the uh, reasons that you've shut some of your projects down over the years? Uh, that's definitely one. Like there wasn't the market there that I thought there was, which now I know you need to do a little bit of market research before starting <laughs> something. And then other things were like, I just wasn't as interested in it as I thought I would. I, I think sometimes as an entrepreneur, we're so, I don't know if addicted is the word, but to starting things 
like the the high or something of starting things and then after you start it you're like eh, i'm bored now you know but if you start something and your excitement continues then you know that i think signifies that there might that's be a <laughs> that's a magical place to be um i have been in the spot where i've actually um i learned that about myself early on that like I love the challenge of starting and figuring things out but then the actual like doing of the thing after I've figured out all the problems I don't like anymore like I'm just like oh this is dumb <laughs> so that's where I got into the uh, hiring of people because I was like I have some things that I know the market wants that I will never be able to deliver because I would just hate it um, and I want to be on the part where I'm creating and building the solutions and the systems and stuff like that because that's the stuff that really excites me but then the actual using and implementing of the systems after I've created them, I don't, I don't like that part nearly as much. So that's where, for me, we talked earlier, hiring team members and sort of growing my business that way was how I sort of solved that. Um, but you're saying one of the other ways you can solve that is by making sure that you actually like the implementation of whatever it is that you've built, the doing of the thing instead of just the creating of it. If that excitement exists, you'll continue to grow and build the business. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, with with podcasting, well, it's interesting because just a couple years ago, probably I had heard of podcasting, but I wasn't listening to any of them. And I didn't think it would interest me because I'm a big music person and that's how I want to spend my audio time. And, but I kept hearing about certain podcasts like Smart Passive Income and these other ones. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that podcast sounds interesting. So I started listening to a few and then I got like, addicted to it and now i listen to podcasts all the time so then i was like i had already started writing the book frugalpreneur and i was like you know what i should launch a podcast with the book like to kind of go go along with it and once i started podcasting myself i got really into it and i like bug yeah i like the ass all the aspects i'm like you know, the, the editing, the audiograms of this, that, and the other. And I was like, why not create a business where I can help? Cause a lot of people don't like, well, a lot of people don't have time for that. The editing and the transcripts and all that stuff. And so mm -hmm. I was like, well, what if I started a business where I did that for other people? Cause I'm already doing it for myself. So, uh, and that's where Podseam comes from, but um, and then like sightseeing is from web design and liking to do that. And so it's, it's almost like when I do something for myself that I actually enjoy, I start thinking, well, how could I get paid to do this for other people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where our, uh, our push button podcast service came in. Right. Cause we know a lot of podcasters, we particularly focus on, uh, the bigger businesses that are, you know, you know, manufacturers and chiropractors and doctors and all like that, that are like, they have a business and they want to run that business, but they also want the preeminence that comes from podcasting. But if you've done any podcasting, which I'm sure, you know, you create an hour's worth of content, you've given yourself six to eight hours worth of work on the other end. You don't have time to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that's where push button podcast come in and say, Hey, you can just show up and record your podcast and we'll do everything else for you. Make it push button easy, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I, I totally, totally get that. Um, and it's, it's really cool to be able to, you know, you know, we built that cause like I needed it for our show. I was like, I hated doing all that work. So we built the systems for it. And I was like, the next question obviously is how can you get paid to do this for other people? And then it mm -hmm. makes it worthwhile to build all the systems for yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Just like people do with software or plugins. Yeah, they mm-hmm. like it. It comes out of their own need or desire to f- help them, and then they're like, "Well, why not sell this to other people?" <laughs> Absolutely. So, if your superpower is the thing that you uh, you know is is one side of the coin, the flip side of that coin is your fatal flaw, right? So, just like Superman has his kryptonite. Your fatal flaw is something that you have struggled with in your business, something that's held you back um, and that you uh, have worked to get rid of, right? Or worked to overcome. What do you think that is for you? And I think more importantly, how have you worked to overcome it for any of our audience who's listening who might struggle from the same thing you've struggled with? I think definitely having launched so many businesses over um, my entrepreneurial career is I think that's kind of a problem. <laughs> Launching businesses and not sticking with some of them. And I think that was definitely a problem I had for the first several years. I think I'm getting better at it. In a way, it's still maybe a flaw because I'm constantly thinking of new ideas and I'm like, oh, I should do this. I should do that. But at least now, instead of actually jumping into it and doing it, I like think it through and I give it time and I try to think is this really marketable is this something that people really want how much could I charge for you know I I ask myself more questions now and a lot of times I can talk myself out of like especially if it's a product like a physical product because I always think of these physical product ideas but I never really want to get into that because of the investment involved in that and like I love watching Shark Tank and I'm just like oh man I don't think I'd have well I don't have the money and I don't don't feel like I'd have the patience to like create a physical product and all that so there's definitely things like that that are easy to kind of you know let it go yeah but I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that problem though where they're constantly thinking of new ideas Um, But I imagine most of them probably don't try a lot of them. So that that's, I guess, the flaw that I have. And then how it's better now is that I give it more time, think it through. You, uh, you, you aim a little bit first before you fire. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's the whole uh, ready fire aim mentality that a lot of Mm. entrepreneurs have. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of, uh, you know, ready, aim, fire. And that's a, it's, it's a, it's an interesting place to be. Right. Cause I know um, I was that way for a number of years where it's like, I've got an idea and you just jump in both feet and then you're like, Oh wait, I don't know how to swim yet. Um, <laughs> and you got to learn to swim. And so you, you end up with a couple of problems there. One, you, you may not know all of the problems that go into actually building that style business. And as you get more experience, you start to see the other problems. It also helps you ask smarter questions at the beginning. Right. Mm -hmm. So nowadays, you know, the kind of questions you have to ask, you know, okay, let's do some market research. Maybe let's do some market testing. Let's see, you know, is that something I'm actually going to enjoy the work on the other side of that? Um, And you have, you ask yourself smarter questions, you get smarter answers. It doesn't mean you say no to everything. It just means that you say no more often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And know when to say no. Yeah. 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 It's a. (laughs) Know when to say no. It's an important skill to learn as an entrepreneur. Yes. Knowing, it's knowing when to say no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I think part of the problem is when you are launching so many different things especially at once is that everything gets diluted it's like 
when you can't really progress with one given thing if you're working on like 12 different things at one time, <laughs> you know, uh, or you can't master one thing. And so I would just like to get to the point where I have one or two businesses and, you know, that's my main focus. <laughs> Absolutely. So next question I have for you is your common enemy, right? And common enemy is in reference to the clients that you work with, right? So um, probably when you work with people on a regular basis, people who are paying you to, you know, go through your stuff and work with you, you probably run into some regular like issues things that you sort of bang your head against the wall that you see over and over and over again with everyone that if you could sort of wave your magic wand you know people would get better cheaper faster higher degree of results something like that if they could just remove this mindset or remove this roadblock what is the sort of common enemy that you constantly are doing battle with with your clients um i guess it would be the time that it takes because currently i still have a full-time job because i i have a number in mind like i need to get to this amount before you know, so just balancing it all, I guess, and being able, because some people want, you know, 24 hour turnaround or whatever. And so I, I guess that would be, but people know, people are aware. So, but yeah, someday that won't be an issue, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, the, the flip side of that then, of course, is your driving force, right? Your mission, just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information. What is it that you're fighting for? What is your mission, so to speak? Uh, well, I guess my own, for my own personal mission, I guess would be like you to travel more, to have uh, freedom lifestyle, um, financial freedom, lifestyle freedom, um, to be able to work for myself from home, from an RV, whatever. <laughs> um, and then from the perspective of other people would be, be able, being able to help them either create a business or even just a side hustle as an extra income. Um, but be able to, to do that successfully. Yeah, so to really help people get their side hustle started and hopefully at some point turn that side hustle into maybe a full-time income. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> awesome. So my next question for you, I think might be your favorite because it's one of the things that you have mentioned you talk a lot about, which is your mm. hero's tool belt, right? Mm. So very practical stuff, tools and stuff that you use. Maybe you got a big magical hammer like Thor or a bulletproof vest like your neighborhood police officer, or maybe you just really love how Evernote helps you organize all your thoughts. What are some of the practical tools you use to run your business, right? To, you know, keep track of all of your stuff, to do client work or whatever, something, a couple of things that you couldn't live without. Okay. Uh, well, obviously the first is the website, um, but as far as tools, um, I actually have a list here of tools that I use. Well, for I mean, as a podcaster, obviously podcast hosting, which is currently Spreaker that I use. Um, and then I use Crowdfire for my social media management and scheduling. Um, that saves a lot of time because you can, you know, spend like a couple hours and schedule out a month's worth of stuff. <laughs> um, and yeah. then like for... I use repurpose and headliner, both of those, um, 
to create audiograms or clips uh, or videos from my podcasts. Um, let's see. And then for like on my website, I either use Privy or Convertful. Uh, they're kind of like, I think the biggest one out there is Sumo. They're kind of like mm -hmm. Sumo. Yeah, help like create opt-ins on your website. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then there's also one called Beacon by Beacon uh, .by, and that helps you create lead magnets. Um, so let's see, and then I use um, Squadcast for my podcast interviews. Um, I haven't heard of that one. What does that one do? Well, it's kind of like this, kind of like Zoom. Um, but it's it was made with the intention for podcasters so like the audio quality is a lot higher uh they don't have the capability yet to do to record video it's just audio i mean you can see each other when you are in an interview um but they're working on that to have video recording um but the audio cool. yeah the audio just sounds really good and um so there's tons of like on my website i have all these tools listed under resources that i use and recommend um but basically everything i use is like around 10 bucks a month probably and so that's how i'm able to keep everything under a hundred dollars <laughs> yeah yeah we uh um we use headliner ourselves for um <laughs> for a lot of our own content and then for the content for some of our uh, push button podcasting clients mm -hmm. um, to help them, you know, to help create some of the short, short, short little clips that they share on, we share on social media for them. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a cool app. Um, and I have used repurpose before. Um, we don't use that anymore, um, but mm -hmm. we did use that in the past. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of cool stuff in there, especially if you're in the space doing podcasting and lead generation from your, uh, your business. Speaking of heroic tools, I want to take a few minutes to tell you about a tool we built that powers the Hero Show and is now this show's primary sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro-celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. You're listening to The Hero Show, unlocking the power of influence and success. So my next question for you then is uh, about your own personal heroes, right? So just like 
Frodo had Gandalf or Luke had Obi-Wan or Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad, who were some of your heroes? Were they real life mentors, speakers, authors, peers who were maybe a couple years ahead of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far in your business? I would say it's mainly uh, other entrepreneurs. I would say the biggest ones would be like Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas, Chris Ducker, um, a, a lot of people in the podcasting space or online uh, marketing space and just learning from them I, and reading their books. Some of them have books, uh, Pat Flynn, for example, um, has really helped a lot, I think. And plus, like, just it's encouraging because they all started from nothing, you know, and they were able to build their businesses and brand. I mean, maybe it took them five, ten years, but, you know, where they are today is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I love John Lee Dumas's story too. I've been watching him since he just got started and, you know, keeping track of like, he puts his income statements out and it blows mm -hmm. me away the kind of money that he drives through, uh, through that, um, just that podcast. Um, so that's really fascinating to me. Um, mm -hmm. And cause you know, the, the name of the game today is like, it's, it's attention. And if you can create the attention, you can turn that attention into revenue. Um, and that's, uh, that's where, things like podcasts and YouTube shows and Facebook shows and whatnot come in as you can create and gather attention. So mm -hmm. anyways, it's, uh, it's really fascinating to see that growth of that space and to see the, uh, you know, the people that you mentioned grow their businesses over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was actually looking at his income income report last night <laughs> from April. Um, yeah. 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 Those are fascinating. If you're, if you're, listening to this and you haven't checked out the income reports and you have any interest in podcasting, check out uh, Entrepreneur on Fire. He does an income report every month. You can sort of see the, see behind the curtain, so to speak, of what it actually looks like to run a podcast as a business, right? Mm -hmm. Which is different than like what we do for Push Button Podcasts. A lot of our clients are running podcasting as a way to create preeminence for their regular business. But if you're running podcasting as a business, um, he's got some really cool resources. So anyways, that's a He's a cool guy and a cool, I consider him a, a personal hero of mine as well, just because <laughs> watching what he does. So yeah, that's really cool. So I'm going to bring it home for our listeners a little bit and talk about your guiding principles. Top one or two principles or actions that you put into practice every single day that you think have um, a, contribute to the success and influence that you enjoy in your business now. Maybe something you wish you'd known when you first started out on this entrepreneurial journey. Mm -hmm. uh, well, one thing that I recently implemented um, is that for every hour I spend learning, spend another hour implementing because I found that I get so caught up in education, which education is good. You should, you know, learn and read books and watch um, webinars and all of those things, take courses. Um, but I was doing it, it was getting to the point where that was all I was doing <laughs> and I wasn't like yeah. implementing it or spending that same amount of time on my business. And so then it's kind of like, well, what's the point then? So that's something I've recently started to do was for every hour I read a book, I watch a webinar, I take a course, I listen to a podcast, whatever, spend another hour either implementing that thing that I learned or really just anything to help my business um that would be the main yeah thing yeah that's an important an important thing to learn too is that you have to actually get out there and and do the thing which is funny because 
because you you talked earlier that you part of your fatal flaw was just doing all the things so you have to find that balance of like where do we educate and where do we what do we actually work on right yeah and i would say that that's the other thing is um you know maybe pick one or two things especially if you're not sure where you want to go or what you want to try and focus on those things and not do 20 things so absolutely yeah focus focus is an important skill it's hard to learn um, but once you sort of get it um, and like one of the things that I found was really important for me in that area was figuring out um, what the what the things were that led to growth in my business and then making sure I did something in that realm every single day even if it was only something that took 10 or 15 minutes right as long as I did it every day I was having good progress that basically at that point wraps up our interview but i do have one last question that i ask all of my guests it's um, a simple challenge i do um, it's called the heroes challenge and it's basically this do you have someone that you know in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story who are they first names are fine and why do you think they should come share their story on our show oh so someone who's probably not necessarily like well known or whatever yeah. um i you know, I found you through Podit, and I found Mark Kumar through Podit, which he's already been on your show, I think, and vice versa. So I would yeah, say him. I would say him if he hadn't been. Um, let's see. I would say, I mean, the the guy that started Podit was really interesting. I interviewed him, um, and just his ability to create something that because there's a lot of there's like other websites out there that connect guests and hosts to each other but i don't think in my experience uh, i feel like pod it is the easiest to use the most user-friendly and the most affordable and it's basically where i've gotten a lot of my interviews either from them being on my show or me being on theirs uh so that might be an option uh his name is brent awesome yeah um brent basham is cool his name. brent basham so from pot it and mm -hmm. i would say i don't actually know didn't even know that we were on pot it because my, oh. my assistant handles all of our booking so uh, oh. <laughs> so they probably know who that is um but yeah the uh um, that's cool. So we'll, we'll reach out and see if we can maybe get him to come on the show and share a little bit about their service and what they're doing. Um, but at that point, that basically brings us to the end of our interview. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and getting us a little peek behind the curtain of what you've been doing for the last 10 years. Last thing, where can people find you, right? If they are in that space where they're looking that maybe they want to get started as an entrepreneur, right? get started um, building their own business, maybe start a side hustle, where can they find you? And more importantly, who are the right types of people to sort of reach out and be like, yeah, I would be a good fit to, uh, to work with Sarah? Okay. Yeah, really anyone who's looking to start a business, particularly an online business, because that's what I specialize in, um, on either on or off a budget, but I, you know, I do mine on a budget. So uh, I would say the best place to find me Actually, you can get a free copy of my first two books, Frugalpreneur and Authorpreneur. I'm actually coming out with a third one um, pretty soon called Podcastpreneur, and that'll complete the trilogy. But uh, you can get a free copy, a PDF of both of those books uh, if you go to thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free. 
and, and that's Sarah with an H and then St. John is S-T-J-O-H-N. And then as far as social media, it's the Sarah St. John pretty much everywhere. Awesome. That's really cool. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us today, Sarah. Um, and if you are uh, listening to this, make sure you check out her free books. Um, I, I think they probably, particularly the Frugalpreneur sounds like an interesting read to sort of see how you do what you do on such a small budget. Um, so that's, uh, that's really fascinating. So again, thank you for coming on. Do you have any final uh, words of wisdom for our audience before I hit this uh, stop record button? Um, oh, and you can also find my podcast as well. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. That's also Frugalpreneur. Um, final piece, I would say... Well, basically the stuff that I failed at initially, which would be uh, focus on one or two things and implement as you learn. Don't just, you should start learning and maybe initially spend more time learning than implementing, but at a certain point you need to start implementing. So that's what I would say. Awesome, thank you very much for coming on today. I'm Sarah, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you.